Do you have gas? Is that what it is? Reclaimed audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 25 for April 27th, 2016. I'd like to thank our top Patreon supporters, Stu Morrison, the godfather Jimmy DeResta. It's <laughs> 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 amazing. <laughs> Hey, for anybody that's not able to see this, that I, was actually live. Tim Sway on some kind of a... It's a trumpet. No, oh, it's not it? a trumpet. It's a melophone. And I, and a I French blew horn. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a marching French horn called a melophone. I, I'm not doing it right, though. <laughs> I used to know how to is, play this thing like 100 years ago. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, 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 We can stop right now. Let's just quit, hit record. Thank you. Done. Good night. Okay. <laughs> what are we up to? Okay, minute and a half. Great. Uh, <laughs> and the best part is like, like I was, I've had this thing hidden this whole time we've been talking before recording so you guys wouldn't know I was going to do it <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, you did well Mr. Sway you did very well <laughs> and uh, back to our previous programming uh, Louise Gonzalez Trustin Timber and Sean Petty <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown man I swear <laughs> I believe you I believe you what um what are you guys working on this week, Bill? Why don't you go first since I know you're back to the work? Well, I am I am so excited because I actually pulled out a powered sharp bladed tool and used it to cut my workbench basically in half. I saw that. I saw that the pictures you posted on Facebook. So what's the story behind that? Um, my shop right now, or, or the way it was, is that that bench, if you guys remember, I did that video where I said, I'll show you how to build a bench, and I yanked that out of the back of my truck because I found it, right, and then drug it <laughs> yeah. in my garage. So uh, it took up so much space. I mean, it was like at least uh, a third of the floor space just from that bench. So I decided that, you know, I want to have things less cluttered. I want to have to less drag everything out into the driveway when I, when I go to work on something. And uh, so I decided to make a slight adjustment with a Sawzall, and half the bench is gone, and I have more room. Cool. And, and you were able to get clean cuts with the Sawzall so that you could reinforce the other side that you cut away? What's a clean cut? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I've used the demo saw quite a bit, and you know, they wander, so I was curious how you were doing it because you're probably better at it than I am. Um, actually, I, I really didn't even care because that half of the bench is actually where is also acts as a, an outfeed for my table saw. It's about an yeah. inch lower than my table saw, so I don't care. I'm not going to be over there. I'm going to sand it down a little bit and call okay. it good. But it's already reinforced. I mean, it was a beefy, beefy bench. I mean, it had all kinds of stuff on it. So and then, of course, I've already gotten a hard time from Andrew Aragon because I still haven't installed the old Craftsman um, bench vice that he gave me. That's amazing, and I just oh yeah. I just, I got I got to bolt it up there, and I'm going to Andrew. If you're listening, uh, Mr. Faking It Podcasterator guy, Andrew Aragon, mighty leader, I will mount the vice. Leave me alone. But can you post some pictures? I'd love to see what that looks like. Put them on your Instagram if you're if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will. Um, um, that maybe that'll be a, a quick build, just a, a group video I can do is uh, mounting that stupid vice and get him off my back. I mean the the wonderful <laughs> gift that Andrew gave me and, and to honor him with the gratitude that I feel. That's awesome. Tim, what are you working on? 
uh, French horn lessons. <laughs> Giving them yeah, or taking just, them. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah, just um, keep taking those lessons. It's, yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, no, what am I working on? Uh, uh, last week I, was, I started a coffee table. I'm still on that. I had to wait for the customer to come today. And I'm not making a video of that. Um, I just posted my video this week of uh, my defamation of my Jimmy Duresta uh, toy backer f um, thing there. So you can all go watch that on my channel and, and thumbs down it. <laughs> and, um, what else? Uh, I, oh, I just made a, a story loom for my local library. They're building a makerspace in my town's library. And a story loom is um, it's pretty simple. They, they gave me some plans off the internet and asked me to build it out of reclaimed wood. And uh, I'll take pictures of it when it's done, but it's, I didn't make a video. It's just basically like a big frame that you can put yarn through and kids can kind of weave and make big blankets. It's about seven and a half feet tall. And, and, oh, um, wow. It's just oh, like that's all. Just, just something simple like that. You know? Well, yeah, but no, but it really is. It's just like, it's like two uprights with uh, three crossbars and then two bars that are like an X to kind of keep it stable. And they all just go together with uh, carriage bolts. So you can take it apart to get the yarn off, I guess, or just to make it simple because it was like a... It wasn't like a like a woodworker build thing. It was more like a hey, you have kids and you want to sew or or I'm sorry, weave. You know, here's something you can make and put it in your backyard and and have fun. You know, but so the library asked me to build that and I'm I'm doing it because I'm hoping that as their makerspace grows, I can go in and do some upcycling programs there with some teenagers and whatnot, as uh a, a something that because that's one of my long term goals is to do more educational type things. So sure. um, and that, also, that's I, really I, cool. But I, I'm I'm still trying to get the sentence the defamation of Jimmy Duresta out of my head <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah well i mean if you haven't seen the video it's on my youtube channel but uh i had said i was going to do it a year ago before the toy backer campaign even came to fruition and and uh i said if, if this happens and i you know of course pledge because i wanted to help jimmy build his dream maker space so i can go up and pick up all the scraps that all these great makers leave behind there and make stuff out of it so it's purely for selfish reasons in fact, all three of us, that should be our part in that, is we will be the, uh, the uh, Jimmy's Makerspace scrap hauler aware cleaner up guys. Well, yeah, I, no, I told him that, too, when I was, uh, a, a couple times I mentioned that, like, because he has this plan of when he has this Makerspace open of having guys come in and do videos and spend weekends up there and, and you know, and having educational programs. And I, I've said it every time, like, I'm like, I want to go up there and I want to pick up all the stuff that these great makers leave behind on the floor and find something I can make out of them. To just like, I mean, how awesome would it be to just be like walking behind Frank Howarth and be like, you're done with that? You done with yeah, that? seriously. You know? <laughs> and like, and just making some like, so Frank Howarth makes this like amazing bowl with like these joints that I don't even comprehend. Yeah. And I've got something like, like, you know, cup holder I made out of, out of crap <laughs> that he left on the ground. But it's like, it's Frank Howarth crap, you know, or something. You know what I mean? Sure. It would just be so cool. Cup um, holder. That's, that's pretty good. I was thinking a coaster myself. But, yeah, coaster. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, but it's not level, crap. you know? I, yeah, I exactly. Do that. You ever see that episode of Portlandia where the guy's a woodworker and like, you talk about it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he can build, you can have a baby and he can build the crib. <laughs> I well, hey, love would it, that. Would it, be okay, would it be okay if we invite Casey to sit in um, our episodes? Because every time you two start quoting like a movie or a show, she knows all of them. She loves that show. And I just, I don't, I sit in the background thinking, yeah, that was funny, I guess. That's, <laughs> yeah, you know. You're not cool. That's cool. That's all right. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, Tim. How did the library know to contact you in order to, to do this project? Um, I, when I did a Maker Fair, ironically and strangely, because, uh, you know, I mean, my, my wife and, and son are at that library all the time. I'm there a little bit. Um, okay. 
but uh, I I was at a maker fair about 45 minutes away from here last fall, a mini maker fair that I did, and um, the live the woman in charge of this program that's d- designing and developing this maker space, which isn't a maker space like we're thinking, I guess. Um, it's it's more like I mean, there's going to be some sewing and stuff like that, and there's going to be some CNC and 3D printing type stuff, but there's not going to be a bandsaw, you know. I mean, it's it's like in the main part of the library. There's a you know. But uh, but still, it's it's you know it's going to be interesting, and um, but so I was at the Maker Fair and I had my whole setup of wood and she was there kind of doing research, and meeting people, and and so she saw what I was doing and she was interested and she was like you're like the classic de- definition of a maker to me, you know like you're this guy that has all this wood and metal and stuff and and this and that she's like I would love it if you could you know you know we're starting this makerspace in wallingford and i was like that's the town i live in i was like absolutely i'll be involved you know and so i gave her my card and um and so now you know six or eight months later they're actually building the space and they contacted me and i'm hoping to do you know more with them and i'm looking forward to i got to go in and meet them and i gave them some stuff i gave i donated one of my guitar stands the folding guitar stands um because they're planning on putting a guitar in the in the library in in the space Sure. And so I'm also trying to convince them to not buy a factory-made guitar and buy one of mine, um, but they're a little they're a little on the fence about that. So we're still working on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. um, I I asked the question because I'm sure there's there's people listening to our podcast who maybe are not aware of the benefit of networking in that way, and like doing these shows. Like maybe it's not necessarily for you know selling the wares that you've you've produced, but maybe it's just shaking hands, meeting people, getting your name out there, and that's almost if not more important than, than the, the cutting boards that you're making or whatever it is that you're selling at the, at the craft show or the maker fair. You know, absolutely. And I am the worst at that type of stuff. Um, I do not, I want to be in my shop and I want to be making stuff and I want to be not talking to people while I make stuff. And a lot of makers are like that and we're our own worst enemies in that way. And, I, and the, one of my conscious things that I've been trying to be better at is be a better networker and be a better spokesman and and do a better job of promoting myself without feeling dirty about it and and that's so last year i did a couple things like that and uh this year i was going to do another couple things like that just in the spring i decided to go down to the woodworking show with my son vance instead and interact with other youtubers um and other makers that way um and i'm you know, it's, you know, because I don't know, I'm just, I'm still learning how to do that. And well, yeah, that's absolutely. But I, I just have to say real quick before I get into it, because I don't want to forget, I got to thank Craig so, so, so much, because that's the other thing. I finally got my fourth satellite dish. Craig <laughs> from upstate, he lives somewhere, somewhere within like an hour or so, Jimmy's place up there, actually. So I told Greg and Jimmy, I'll warn you, if some guy named Craig calls and says he wants to come over, it's, it's my buddy and he's totally cool. So, so but, um, he is, uh, he was driving to Rhode Island and back and he had a satellite dish. He's like, Hey, I listen to your podcast and I love what you guys do. I have the satellite dish. I can throw it in my car. If I can meet you in halfway in Connecticut on my way home. And uh, so I was able to meet up with him and his, and his lovely wife. And I'm sorry, I don't remember your name right now. I feel horrible. But, um, and we ended up talking to this park and ride for like an hour and I got my fourth satellite dish. So now I can finally start that project I've been talking about once I clear my bench. Uh, which will hopefully be soon. I'm going to make it a priority because I've been mouthing off about this thing for so long. <laughs> so, okay. I can't wait to see what this is. Yeah, Let's get some closure on it. Closure? I mean, I'd like to just... Well, get I'm going to give you a hint. It goes on the roof, and it helps me get television reception. <laughs> <laughs> that's not closure. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what it's going to do at all. Hey, so, Tim, you were seriously, you were talking about um, trying to get out and be more social and promoting yourself, and, and, and it's awkward, and, and you want to be able to do that more. And I think um, a good way to practice that, at least 
for my concern because I'm going to start up doing a few videos again. And, I'm, and I know Phil, Phil and I are both newer to this and we don't have the audience that you have. So I'm thinking that if you were to walk around and everybody you meet, you talk about my channel and Phil's channel, that would yes. be a good way to practice and, and get you to be the, the, the spokesman that you are. Because I mean, I, I can just see you being a little bit shy, but once you start talking, as obvious by every week that we sit down with you, um, it doesn't stop. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And I'll be, I will be happy to, to plug both of your work, uh, especially your wonderful podcast that you let me sit in on. There's <laughs> all good things happening right now, guys. All good things. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm have to agree with Phil on that. There's a lot of good things going on right now. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, a, it's a great time to be alive. And Phil, I want to know what you've been up to. And, uh, <laughs> and I know that you made that awesome, um, even though you have a poor taste in Sanders, you made that awesome uh, bookshelf. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to hear about that as well as whatever else you're up to. Well, I've, uh, as you as you mentioned, I, I did just put out this video for this uh, tiny little bookshelf that I did for my daughter. It's, um, it's like this 36-inch tall by 22-inch wide leaning bookshelf, and it's a painted project, and it's partly reclaimed, despite what Bill might think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The, the plywood that I used for the shelves themselves uh, was, was pulled apart from a shelving unit, and I talk about it in the video. And then the, the two side supports are uh, leftover oak from some work project that I had. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun to do, and I got to learn a whole bunch of new techniques that I hadn't done before, mostly the nail gun, and I talked about it in the video. And doing it, I did it wrong. Uh, and then I watched a couple of videos by John Heiss and John Peters on how to use a nailer correctly. And, uh, and I could have avoided myself a little bit of heartache. But essentially, the, when you're holding the gun, let's say like you unholster it and you're holding it straight in your hand, the nail is going to either go left or right. And I had thought in my head that it was either going to go up or down. So if you just orient the gun so that it's okay for it to go left, right, i.e. perpendicular, you're not going to have any blowout. And, and I had a whole bunch. So da -da -da -da, lesson learned. Yeah, but it's, it's tough sometimes, too, just the nature of, like, you use the nail gun because you're making things that are tough to clamp, and sometimes you just end up holding that gun in some weird position trying to yeah. get it up in a corner, and, and it just happens, so I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about it, but I never For knew sure. that. That's interesting. I always just try to get it as close to the center as possible and cross my fingers. Yeah, I, I would think that <laughs> it's a nail gun or is it a pin gun, like an 18-gauge finish nail, it's, or is it a pin? It's a finish nail. It's an 18-gauge, yeah, okay. but it was inch and a quarter uh, brad, so... Well, the longer pretty... they are, the trickier they are. Right. Yeah, what pressure yeah, exactly. do you have coming out of that gun, too? Uh, 90 to 100 PSI. Is that what they recommend? Uh, yeah. You can go higher, but I don't need to drive it as deep as, you know, I just want it to get it a little under, so if I need to sand, I'm not going to tear my paper. Well, out meaning it was coming out the back end because the nails... No, I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, like, curling out. Curls and comes out the side. Yeah. Or the bottom, depending on how I did it. Oh well, if you're if you're only have an inch and a quarter material and you're putting an inch and a quarter nail in, yeah, that's that's a problem. Well, I'm joining half inch, so I'm butting up so that it was like right angle, yeah. and then I'd pop it in, and then it would curl out because I was holding it like parallel to the piece when I should have been holding it perpendicular. Yep. I would so you know say what I mean? so more, if it goes... more pressure, more pressure, less curling. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a shot. Maybe I can... one of time. Yeah. I'll, I'll get definitely give the shot. My my compressor goes up to like 150. What would you recommend? More pressure, and then when it stops curling, that one. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Looks like I got some experiments to run. That, that just sounds uh, like uh, practice makes perfect to me. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, I'll, and just be extremely careful too because I've had more than a few occasions where that curled nail coming out really fast has got me right in the hand. Well, no, that was a table saw. Quit pointing at your cheek. <laughs> I don't mess around when it comes to the table saw. I, I have a nail flying at me at 250 miles an hour. That's that's a lot. Yeah. I, tried to, I, I put a few 18 gauge through my finger here. And yeah, there. I mean, that seriously, when they, when they curl out like that, or if you hit a knot or a piece of hardwood or something like that, it, it'll do mm -hmm. that same thing. And seriously, and you're like, ow, and you look, and there's nothing there. And it's like, where's the magic that made my finger bleed? And then you look down, and you see this bloody little curled nail sticking out of the wood. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember doing one once. I was holding it, like, because you don't, that's the whole idea is you don't need a clamp, so you use your friggin' hands like an idiot, and then you hold the staple gun, and you know that you're you're pointing the staple gun at your hand, it's like two inches away, but like, oh, there's an inch of wood in between me and my hand, yeah. then something happens, and it's in your hands, you know? It's, well, that's that is the worst, is when you predict it. When you're sitting there yeah. telling yourself, Because you're like, this is stupid. This is, yeah, this, and you pull the trigger yeah. anyway, I mean. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I don't think, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're trying like, to say, no... guys, is safety first. Safety is no always definition. first and foremost. Yeah. Right. Except for right. when you're in a hurry. Oh well, yeah, I mean that takes precedence. Yeah, when you're in a hurry, don't worry about safety. Or you're making something, then you know. But... There's a lot of exceptions to this whole safety thing. It's it's a solid third, at least. It, well, safety is a gray area. It's 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 interpretation. It, right. it is, and that's the problem, and that's not the topic of our podcast, but it maybe should be. <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, you know what? Uh, the topic of our podcast, and I think it's going to end up being a continuation of what we're working on, this week is, uh, I think we eloquently titled it, Proud of Stuff. So it's a caveman title to basically say, you know, what is it that we've made or done um, in our shop or out of our shops, let's say within the last month or two months that we're really, really proud of and we want to share oh, with you guys. That, that is we so didn't. perfect because, well, I haven't actually made anything in the last two months. So you guys go ahead. I'll be right here in the background. No, no. <laughs> you you made it something from three months ago. It's okay. Yeah. Exceptions. No, but, you know, it could be other things. You, you're making a recovery. Huh? <laughs> that was so trumpet worthy that was french horn worthy french is that a french canadian horn no bien <laughs> sûr um so you know what maybe i'll go first on this one because i i have a you know this one's topical because i'm actually sitting uh, in my basement on my yeah. floor using the thing that i'm probably most proud of right now um, and that is this little sit-down uh, sit laptop desk uh, that I made from all reclaimed, actually. So this one's, except for the nails and the glue and the screws, but, you know, all the so wood it's is... New. So it's basically all new, yeah. It's all new, yeah. It's okay. all new. But it, it let me explore a couple new techniques that I've never done before. So I've never trimmed anything out before. And, and on this one, I used the nail gun correctly, so I didn't have any blowout, which was super great. And, uh, and I sanded, and the thing that I used new on it also was the finishing. I've, uh, for the first time ever, I had like a can of, uh, of polyurethane, just regular oil-based poly, and I had about an eighth of a can left. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make my own wipe-on. So I poured in an equal measure of uh, mineral spirits and made my own wipe-on poly, and I did like three or four coats of it. And it dried really quick, so I'm going to use this finishing a lot more often. That was always my gripe with poly, was that it takes like two days to cure. But this was good with a fan on it, you know, the next morning. So you know, one of our uh, one of us uh, invited um, a really impressive young man to be a, a co-host, uh, Dave Picciuto, 
Um, I, oh, that was me. That yeah. So when I invited David Picciuto, one of the things that you can look for in some of his videos, and I'll plug David again because he's that awesome, is uh, he has a video on how to make some really good wipe on poly, where he uses the oh, yeah. um, the uh, um, the polyurethane, um, the mineral spirits, and if I'm not mistaken, a little bit of linseed oil, and it's an amazing finish. And uh, it's not a secret; it's been around for a while. But he does a great video about it. So. Just check that out, Phil, if you want to add a little something something to that. How, can you? Can I continue to add another part to that mixture? Like if I'll get some BLO at the store, can I add in, let's say, another third of whatever's in there now and the mixture would be okay? I'm not sure, but I don't think it's so expensive that you would go broke trying. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely try that out. I, I think you could, though. I, I don't see why not. So. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I'm definitely going to try. I'm very, I'm, I'm, my go-to has been spray lacquer just because of always time constraints. You know, spray lacquer is done after like 10 minutes. And that's mostly because I do, I make things that don't really get a lot of wear and tear, like a whiskey box. No one's sitting on it and wearing away the finish. But a, a desktop, I kind of wanted to have a little bit more durability on it. So that's why I tried it. You know, yeah, finishes are tricky and there's something I'm horrible at. Like that is like my weakest link because I just don't have the patience for it or something. I yeah. don't know. And, you know, spray lacquer, I just recently started using spray lacquer on things other than metal. I used to kind of think it was, like, sort of taboo to put that on wood. Really? I don't know why. I just had a hang-up about spray painting wood, you know? Okay. <laughs> like, um, and so, I, you know, I, I use the water-based polyurethane a lot because it's the eco-friendly way to go. And okay. it's sort of the expected look for a lot of the type of work I do, that reclaimed wood look. It's sort of what, everything, what everybody does. It has that sort of almost plasticky, satin kind of finish and it goes well when I do the epoxy to cure it um, but I've just this past month or so and with the customers table I'm working on today I've been looking more into some of these traditional finishes like tongue oils and and, uh, and white bond stuff and trying to up my game a little bit so that was very interesting to hear uh, Phil I appreciate that you know, I, do you do you have a sprayer I do have a sprayer and I'm usually <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't seem like it's worth setting up it's like a hassle well I was gonna say that you could put in like like lacquer in that and then we can you know, put anything it down. In that. yeah you know. no but i mean if you're into spray lacquer but you're not into using uh spray cans because well, of that you yeah. know you don't want to toss them out that's a good alternative i still have a i still have a bunch of cans of this matte lacquer from uh the tv show i did like a year and a half ago uh, hmm. we, there was some leftover stuff and i still have some paint and lacquer and i'm still using that up here and there i love i love spray paint because it's so fun but then every time i'm using it i just feel like a like a heel like, you know, well, that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't put the stuff in those that they used to, right? I mean, there's the fluorocarbons and all that, whatever it is. I mean. Yeah, they're not using CFCs. No, it's not as bad as it was. And and actually, a lot of, like, the stuff I have left over from the TV show is, um, and, I, and I'll say the name because they gave it to the TV show and I took a bunch home, is Montana, which is, um, uh, like, an artist, like, it's graffiti artist paint, basically. And it's designed to be, have close range, so it's very little drip at close range and stuff. And it's supposed, it's like a low pressure system so it's uh, a lot less gas and a lot less waste and i use that a lot and it's fantastic stuff it's like nine bucks a can or something it's really expensive Whoa. uh maybe i'm exaggerating but it's it's expensive and uh, i don't even think they sell it anywhere near me like so when i'm out i'm just out you know but i'm just uh, i was just working on a guitar uh for a buddy which i guess i'll talk about later but i was and i was doing in the last guitar i just made i used this matte lacquer and so i put like 10 coats of it sprayed on these guitar bodies where normally you do like a gloss lacquer and so it built up like the gloss but it's like totally flat so it still just like looks natural you know it's kind of cool yeah and i'm just that's like, what i do 
Yeah, and it's it's cool, like, and it protects it and and stuff. Well, it's just good enough so that there's no like, you know, uh, for me anyways, for when I'm doing the the whiskey box, I just put on a couple of coats. I'm not looking for like a wearable finish. I'm just looking to seal in the stain because I don't want it to rub off that stuff, you know. So yeah. and, and I don't want any sawdust going anywhere. So. It's, it just seems like a, a, a super easy finish. And if I need to do it even faster, I could put a heat gun to it and it dries in like two seconds. Mm, mm. You know, it's it funny, is amazing. No matter, no matter how good you get, no matter, especially most woodworkers will admit finishing sucks. It just, I mean, everybody's <laughs> nervous about it. And it doesn't. I enjoy it actually because that final touch when you're done, because it's always a little nerve wracking. But when you when you get something done and it's got a decent finish on it, it's, it's beautiful and you love it. But everybody goes into that just a little bit apprehensive. There's a little bit of anxiety happening at that, that moment, especially if you're spraying something. Because if you do it wrong, you're going to get all the fish eyes and the bubbles and then you, you know you're going to have to sand all that crap off mm-hmm. and try it again. But yeah, finishing is definitely... Um, I think very few people have a, an easy time finishing. For sure. And and my biggest uh, gripe with finishing is not when I'm doing something for myself where there is no like real crazy schedule. For me, the gripe is when, you know, I'm on a heavy schedule and like this thing's got to ship like now. I can't I can't mess around or, or experiment with finish. I just have to go with the tried and true and just be done with it. Yeah, it's like half the jobs I bid on. They're like, oh, OK, I want you to make this table. How long will it take? And I'm. Like, well, it'll take me a day to do this and a day to do that, and then three friggin' weeks to get the finish on it. So it's going to be a month. Yeah, it's so funny. And uh, and it's so annoying. And then it's like, you know, I mean, my shop is huge compared to most shops, but still, it's there's there's only so many places I can put stuff where it's safe for me to continue working, so it sort of jams you up. And and that's one of my long-term goals for my shop is to build, like, a, a booth. Like this is my this is my finish booth, you know, and everything goes in here and nothing else goes in here but finish. Oh, and, cool. Uh, you going like, to put in a hood? Um, uh, well, I, the, the space I have planned for it has two windows. There's a back window and a side window, so they're not across from each other, but they're 90 degrees from each other, and I figured I could put oh, a fan okay. in each one, and, uh, and that way I could get a cross ventilation. and then uh, Or I would put it in the front and actually have an opening garage door, but then I'm going to have bees flying in, you know, or whatever. So that's, and winter, that, that would probably be a, a concern. Yeah, but then winter's going to be a concern on the other side because I'm not going to heat it, you know. I don't know. It's, oh. I'm just okay. not going to do finishes in the winter. Well, I think it's safe <laughs> to say that we're not going to incorporate finishing into our topic, which is pride or proud of. <laughs> no. Well, I'm proud of this finish that I did, so that, that's the only incorporation. Bill is proud of his finish. I'm not proud of any finish I've ever done, so this should be my, my not proud episode. Well, this I'm going to come up with something really clever to say at the end so I can say I was proud of the finishing line of our podcast. Oh, that's right. I said it here first. <laughs> we need to we need to incorporate that a lot more into our podcast i think that, yeah oh, that french canadian year, horn is awesome yeah we need we need live sound effects not like what laffy mixes into faking it we need like this is on the fly real musical uh, instruments hardcore that's because none of us has the uh, the talent that laffy has in being able to do all that he's like a mix master you know, see, I, I'm a little bit older, so for me, mixing was back in the day when you go to discos. You guys remember what discos are? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah, there was uh, there were a couple of, of like retro ones when I was uh, when I was going to clubs. There was one called Limelight, and it was like a '70s and '80s like themed uh, <laughs> bar and club, and it was like that. It was it was kind of fun actually. And it was all kitsch and retro. 
Yeah, and it was all like disco, <laughs> disco yeah. uh, lights and stuff, you know, and like the the che- like it didn't have like the laser lights that the regular clubs had. It had like you know the disco ball, and they'd shine a light on it, and it would make the it looked like uh, somebody's horrible bar mitzvah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though, you know. Like we all sort of took it as a joke, and it was cheap drinks, so it was good. I now want to make a disco ball. Oh yeah, that is painstaking. All yeah. the like the mirror mosaic. Coming up with another way to do it. That, you know what? I'm writing that down. That's a little idea. I'm going to do a Jimmy DeResta write that down idea and just put a disco ball. I'd rather make something out of a disco ball, I think. Here we go. Here we go. Another six-month-long search for four disco balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no. Bill, you make something. You make a disco ball to mail to me, and I'm going to make something out of your disco ball. Oh, there I we go. That. I love that. There and we then go. we'll mail it to Phil, and he can just critique it. I'll spray it with lacquer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> perfect finish on it. <laughs> Bill, what are you proud of? You know, all right, so again, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of making recently, but I'm pretty proud of, uh, of most things I've ever made, and for different reasons. Um, really quick, uh, I made a shelf for my mother-in-law, and her reaction to that, which is actually captured in my video... Um, her reaction to that, which was genuine, and she was crying, and it was just like she was so, you know, I was so proud of that. Uh, I made a rocking chair out of a, a wine barrel for Casey that I only had, this was before I started actually making stuff at my house here, and I, I had a, a cordless drill and a, a handsaw and a circular saw, basically, and built this rocking chair, and it came out just amazing. Uh, so I was proud of that because, again, she, you know, I, I think I find that I'm more proud of the things that I make for other people if, if they like it. Uh, there's been a few times when people did not like what I made for them, and I was not very proud of that. Mm. So, and that's <laughs> I've a been there. I, I would ask that question too. What What are we more proud of? Things that we make for ourselves, things that we make for others. Is it gifts? Is it something that that somebody bought, or does it matter? What go? Uh, for me, if it turns out well, I'm proud of it. If it turns out poorly, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, that but helps who, sa- who says it turns out poorly? Is it only you judging it? So even if somebody yeah. was like, I'm in love with this. Thank you so much, Phil. You're an amazing maker, but you're not happy with it, so you're not proud of it? Mm, not as proud as if I – like I'm prob- – we all are our, our harshest critics, mm-hmm. right? So if I know – I just chalk it up to the fact that either they're great liars or they don't know what to look for that I'm looking for that I know isn't as good as it could be. Uh, but ultimately, I have to say, yes, it, you know, like whatever I am, I am the ultimate judge of what I'm proud of. And Tim, I would yeah. think that you're, since you've been, you are an actual, you are the man living the life, you are the artist, you have been for a thousand years, you probably are way more critical to yourself than, than either Phil or I probably put together. How does that affect uh, your pride? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's difficult. And, uh, and what I've found is that a lot of times I do something because I'm, I am, and this is a fault. It's not something I'm proud of, but I'm an idea guy and I, I get ideas and I'm much more interested in seeing the idea through than I am in making it the best possible version of the idea it can be. Like, um, so for me, this is something I'm learning and working on. It's like, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a guitar out of a door. So I'll make a guitar out of a door. And there's a lot of like hammering and nailing and, you know, and, and just sort of throwing it together and like, look at what I did. And I made a guitar out of a door. And then it's like, to go back and then make a good guitar out of a door, I'm not real likely to do that. So I want to ha- move on. You're to more happy idea. with the fact that you were actually able to make a guitar out of a door, not so much the right. finished product. The the concept and and so there's there's that side. Then there's the side for customers. Obviously, it's a little different. And you have to, right. So what about that side? Um, 
Well, that side, I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to really let the customer take it if, if I'm not proud of it in some level. I'm not necessarily, but, uh, you know, there's whatever it is, and every customer is different. There's something that they're looking for, and, uh, you know, and so it's kind of figuring out, like, like the customer I'm working with right now, she's, uh, it was a, uh, she's very particular about the finish of it. So it has to have this certain feel and a certain uh, touch. So she was in the shop today, and we were, we were going through that. And, uh, and... No, go ahead. We don't need him. Yeah. Sorry, we just lost Phil for a second. I think but, uh, I, I'm gonna Phil had to pee anybody. really bad, everybody. And he just, <laughs> he just jumped yeah. up, and he was dancing around. And we're both, Tim and I are both just like, Phil, go, buddy. Go. It's okay. We'll, yeah, no, we'll be cool. here for you. We got this. Let's, let's just you and me. Let's talk. We got this. You know? so, so, yeah. So, I mean, think about that, though. I mean, have you found yourself, like, on the edge where it's like, you know, I, I'm okay with what I made, but then the customer reaction actually pushed you over the edge where it's like, yeah, I did do a good job on that. I am proud of that. Well, but that was kind of my point, though, and it, it is uh, – there's a lot of times I'll make something or I'll do something, and I am very hypercritical of myself. Like I've said, I'm, I'm like, non-competitive with everything I do except for myself. And so if I – I'm not happy about it. it. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. It really only matters what Holy I say. Holy crap, Phil! Did you leave? <laughs> yeah, oh, Phil. My... oh, dude! I'm sorry. I didn't even know. <laughs> nice guy. Everything okay? No, my son came down to the basement. He's like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" Yeah. I'm like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> so, like, I, I picked him up. I ran up two flights of stairs. I threw him at my wife, and I said, "I'm recording." Or did you say, <laughs> "Good catch"? Like, I'm recording. Heart surgery. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the end of the world if your son comes down. Jeez. No, he but he's gonna sit here. He's gonna want to come and talk to me. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, three. He's not. Gonna, he's... No, we can't have that. There will be no children yeah. talking at all. During First of all, it, no, but it's <laughs> it's nine thirty at night. He's got to be in bed. I have bearded yeah, dragons. They bed. don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, he should. He should be in bed. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, what the what the heck was I talking about? But oh, it was like um, but sometimes time passes. This Phil, you'll hear all this later. So. <laughs> okay, great. Sometimes really sometimes you won't believe it. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> we just we just solved all the world's problems. And we <laughs> that's great. Yeah, but this is forty two, the best 42. episode we've ever recorded. Um, yeah. I don't know. If <laughs> and I was anything absent. to do with the fact that you left. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, just it might have been whatever. But um, so uh, time will pass. Um, you know, in in. And then I will get over the initial like hands-on part of it, and once some t- some separations occur between me and the object or the art or whatever it is that I've made, and I can look at it again with fresh eyes, I can be like, oh, you know what, that ain't half bad, you and, know, I, and I don't just so, see the flaws anymore. That is anymore. so true. Um, I and just when I go to my my in-laws' house, um, and I walk in the front door, and that's the first thing I see is that big uh, shelf that I made, and um, it's kind of badass. I mean, it really is, you know, and I, I, I'm like, wow, man, that thing really did turn out great. So I get to see it a few times a year. And every time I see it, I'm more impressed with it. And not in the fact that I made it and it's impressive. Don't go there. But I mean, just that it was something I'd never done before in that way. It's, you know, I, I put it together or built it. The concept was in a different way than I had ever done before. But seeing that and then having her come up and give me a hug and, and then it's almost like she goes and hugs the shelf again when I'm there just to say how much she loves it. So, yeah, I think time does heal all self-doubt over, you know, wounds thing. Even though I'm my, my uh, biggest critic and I'm, I'm harsh with myself as far as what I'm proud of, um, I also recognize that good enough is sometimes good enough. I'm not going to sort of penalize myself by, uh, you know, calling up the customer and saying, hey, listen, I need another two weeks to get this out. 
because uh, this didn't come out as well as I, I understand that there's a threshold by which I will judge something, and if it passes that, even though it's not like the best thing I've ever put out, it's good enough that the customer will be happy and uh, and it'll go out. You know, yeah, that like that the whiskey card I made recently, I put some pictures on Instagram and whatnot, and everybody like flipped out over this, saying like, "Oh my god, that's so beautiful." That was a a relatively low budget build, um, and. Because it was a low budget build, there's only there's things about that like just the the joinery that I did I wasn't proud of, and there's like all these things about it I wasn't proud of that I would have loved to have done different. And when I first pitched the idea and drew the sketches up, I was like, this is what I want to do, this and that. But then there's a budget, you know, and they love the idea. How can you make this happen in the budget? Well, I can cut corners, and you know, it's like I cannot, I can I can run this wood through the paint or throw a bunch of stain on it, spray lacquer it, and call it done, you know, uh, type of a thing, and uh, you know, and use brad nails instead of making rabbits or, or box joints or whatever, and. And, uh, and that's like one of those things where you, you look at it and everybody's like, oh, man, that's so awesome. And it's like, ah, it is, but it's not. It could have been so much better, you know. But time and budget doesn't allow. And, and that's that good enough thing like you're saying. And sometimes that you just have to make what is right for the budget, you know. Um, but you also have to manage the expectations of the customers and, like, let them yes. know. Like, hey, this is not going to feel like a $10,000 table because you're not paying me $10,000, <laughs> you know. It's a good so reason. Don't don't be disappointed when you feel a few high spots in it. It's called, it's what I call flat enough. Yeah. It's called the belt sander. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it's not flat. It's flat enough is what it is. You're going to be able to put your coffee cup on and it's not going to spill. You know, well, I'm, I'm going to suggest you don't have that conversation exactly like that. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I found some better ways to say it. Yeah. That's funny. So, I mean, so it sounds like pride is much more of a, a, um, it's obviously different for each each of us and everybody mm. out there, and obviously we got to say um, make sure that we step back and realize that there is something that we can all be proud of who make with our hands. Is that there's a lot of people that don't they they make in their own way, but not necessarily the way we do. An accountant makes numbers happen, you know, and, and a writer makes words happen on pay. Well, we build things with our hands, and that's something in and of itself to be proud of. And I. Couldn't agree with yeah, you more. And most people They're, that we sell things to or that want things from us don't do that. Not that they can't, but they just they don't for whatever reason. And um, they're going to be proud of it because it is handmade. And, and like you said, Tim, you know, managing their expectations. But be proud of that. We, we do something that not everybody does. And um, most often, the people that don't are very impressed with what we do. Mm. I know, agree. I mean, look, I, I, sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, no, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I, I do take quite a bit of pride in, in the fact that I'm a maker and, and a woodworker and whatever it, it is, you know, despite the fact that some of my friends really look at me like I'm kind of crazy and they're a little confused by why and, and what it is that I'm doing. I don't care. I feel incredible when I'm able to, to turn something that was an idea in my head into a physical thing that I can interact with or that I can put up as, as decorative or whatever it is. I think it's phenomenal. And, and the ability to educate, uh, also is is something to be very prideful of for example my uh my neighbor across the street uh probably not listening but he's billy and he's super nice and uh he just really just started doing woodworking like he's in the in the promo business and he started doing these things out of wood and laser engraving them and then it's this whole product he's doing and he said hey phil i know you're doing this how can i do x y and z i was like oh well you can do it like three or four ways and here's probably the cheapest easiest way to do it and like the look on his face, because I solved this problem for him that had been, you know, killing him, that made me feel really prideful. So I'm yeah. going to add that to my list. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great feeling. I love like, 
I can think of all the times that someone told me how to do something, and now that we're like, I'm like a little bit older and wiser and grayer in the beard, like I can like tell some young guy like how to do something. I I, I love that. I just I love that. I do that every week so with happy. you two. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and prior to recording the podcast, we give you a little bit of technical help. <laughs> Well, that's unimportant, though. We're not talking about technical. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's not the same sense of pride as it is like, oh, two coats of primer before you paint. That's like, you know. That's, yeah. But uh, oh, This is Control-C, Control-V. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I have two things going on at once. I'm scared. Ah. They have buttons. <laughs> the, um, the, the pride thing for, you know, I mean, the, that is definitely where I'm at right now, Phil. My sentiments are right with you about the, the making things. I'm very into that tangible right now. I've always been about making things, and uh, and uh, and I guess at the root of it has always been about making people happy, um, or or reaching people in some ways, like communicating. And so that was why I was so drawn to music for a while, and I used to fancy myself a writer, and I, and all, all these other things, and and uh, but so like with music, like I have these recordings that, I, and there's this interest in some of my recordings right now, which is cracking me up, in uh, my old record and. And uh, so I, like, I actually, I haven't, I've been mailing these things out and I haven't listened. <laughs> I'm afraid to, but the last time I listened was a little while ago. And there's a couple songs in there. I'm still like, like after I separated myself from all the technical issues of it and all the, you know, all the corners and all the spots where the Brad nail went awry and, and stuck out and I had to fix it because every song has that. Every art has that. Um, now that I'm separated from it and I don't see those spots or remember them anymore because it's been almost a decade, I can sit and listen to the music or I can look at the table um, and I can appreciate it where it is now, like that distance I was trying to refer to. And, and it's, and it's, and it's interesting because I feel like I'm almost objective to my own work and I can listen to songs like, you know what? That song is actually not bad. You know what? Not, not, not to like, interrupt you. Know what? This you. Song sucks. Well, actually, yes. To interrupt <laughs> you, Tim, Tim, I, yeah. I, um, I, part of the reason why there's an insurgent of your, your interest in your, your album is because you're going to melt them all into you something. threaten to melt a bunch of them down. So I'm telling <laughs> everybody out there listening, let's not have that happen. Um, yeah. We can either send Tim Sway every old CD that we have, whether they're like blanks or whatever, melt those. Don't melt your album. I'm just saying, no, don't no, do it. No, it has to be that one because they're all the same. They all look the same. I have a... It doesn't I, matter. I, I showed that video. Of, I'm looking for the other one. I, I showed that video of the box of 400 of them, but I have another box just like that around here somewhere. Well, we plan on keeping around this scheme, podcast eh, long enough that you'll, you'll, you'll need those. So <laughs> don't do it. This, He's holding these CDs hostage unless we buy them. <laughs> Brilliant marketing. Brilliant. Now, that's how Elvis got to the top, isn't it? He's like, hey, buy this record. I'm going to make a bowl out of it. Or else. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, like, seriously, I have, I still have hundreds of them besides that box, and I have a plan for what I'm going to make out of them. It's in line behind the satellite dish thing because I've been mouthing off about that for a lot longer. But I do have a plan for the CDs, and I'm not gonna. I'm probably gonna use fifty to hundred of them. Well, you should um, be very, very proud of that that CD. And uh, Phil, I like what you said about um, real quick. You said um, problem solving uh, during the making mm -hmm. process. Now that's something I get proud of all the time when I figure oh, something yeah. out in the middle of a make. You know, you're in the middle of something, a problem comes up, and you're, you're able to get through that and figure it out on your own. And I get. I'm really proud of when that can happen because there's times when it doesn't, it's like you're stuck or you have to revert to some way that you didn't want to do it. You know, when you have this idea, it's like, I can try this, it'll work. And it doesn't, that sucks. But when you actually can problem solve, that's, that's, that's probably the single biggest point of pride that I think Absolutely. most of us feel 
is the problem solving. Absolutely. Like, That's the hands on the fly problem solving is it makes you feel incredible. Like you are you are the man in this in this or the woman, you know what I mean? Like you are you're the top dog in this in this shop. Whatever you say goes, and I think that's very rare in most of our lives where that happens, where you are the ultimate decision maker. And and to be able to come up with a problem, solve it on your own, is is makes me feel amazing in in other areas of my life, you know, that I sort of lean on this. So it, it it's phenomenal. Well, like Tim was saying too, it, uh, being in the shop by yourself without having to deal with other people is something that most makers like and we enjoy that and part of that is is because when you problem solve when something comes together for you in the shop you know you're alone the happy dance is so much more expressionful because i will jump up on the workbench and do my happy dance of course i hit myself in the head because i have a very low ceiling in my shop but when you're that's you can be that proud to where you can do those expression you know Expressing, I had a friend of mine tell me once, if you don't want people to ask you questions, next time somebody asks you a question, answer an interpretive dance. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. That will That'll work. Yeah. No, you know, problem solving is what attracted me to making in the first place um, because it was always about, like, you know, like I wanted to do something and I didn't know how. And so, and I'm still just problem solving. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. And it, I'm proud of that. Like, that's like a, like a sense of pride it's not like a cut it's like when I take jobs and I do things I really don't know what I'm doing and then by the end of it I do and somehow <laughs> I manage to get paid in the process it's just who else can say that that you really know, never goes away by the way it, I know it really doesn't and uh, <laughs> there's always something more and, and even when you do know how to do something you're always like trying to be, be better at it and do more with it or like I just took I have my you know, my 36-inch uh, belt. This might actually be the other topic you're talking about more about, like, breakthroughs. But I had this breakthrough today with my, my 36-inch crappy belt sander thing that's on the... just got the 6-inch disc on one side. You know, it's a bench top. And um, it's got this broken plastic fence on the back of the thing. And it's always grinding against it. And it's where the dust collection is. And I've got this thing duct taped six ways from Sunday to hold it on. <laughs> and I pull it off every once in a while, like, half of it. But there's two pieces. And today I, I had these... For, uh, 42-inch long pieces of angle iron that I wanted to sand down quickly to get them to shiny. And I was doing it with a palm sander, and that sucked. And then I was, you know, and then I was doing it with the angle grinder, but I was leaving swirls, and I didn't want to leave any swirls. And so I was doing it on the bell sander, but the bell sander was too long to get anything more than... It was too short, rather, to get anything more than the first, like, 12 inches, you know, because there's that fence. Then it all of a sudden dawned on me, if I took the damn fence off, I could run the, the length of the thing. And so I, was, so I took the fence off the thing, and now I just got this wide open, like, 18-inch wide belt piece of sandpaper spinning at you know 3000 rpms or whatever that i can do whatever the heck i want on and i was just like <laughs> yes this is why Amazing. i do this like all of a sudden it's like it's like i had this 50 dollar piece of junk on my bench that i've been abusing for years and now it's like a brand new tool i'm in love with again you know <laughs> don't think, right. don't think we missed the fact that you said i was using the palm sander and it sucked Oh, oh I didn't even catch that. Good well, catch. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I was using the random orbit sander, but I do call it a palm sander. But I was not using. I was. I was. And it sucked for the job. It was just too big. You know. I wasn't using the square palm sander. That thing's useless. Okay. I just. Uh, I, I knew you figured out a way. You, you took it back and then you brought uh, it back into the. Con Thank you. Thank you. Any any sander that fits in your palm is a palm sander <laughs> in my definition. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't using that piece of horrible garbage. So. If there's like a project that you actually built that you're proud of. Yeah. All of them in some way. All, well, all the ones that succeeded. Oh, come on. Pick something. You want me to pick one project I'm proud of? 
I mean, but there's a, there's a different reason for every one. Like I've already like said that. We know that. Pick a yeah. project. And you can't say Vance. Maddie? <laughs> I don't think you made her. No, I didn't. Come yeah, on. You know, like the, the hockey guy lamp thing. That was cool. That was cool. Nobody else seemed to care, but that I was, did. And remember, and I, you know, I, but, but I'm not. You know what? I'm not proud of that. I'm proud of the idea, but I'm not proud of the execution of it. And I, it's actually, I need to rebuild it. It's, I still have it. I'm know? just trying to prove the point that I said you were the most critical of all of us, and you're proving it right now. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no, I didn't like that. No, no. Yeah, you know. Okay, I'll give you one. I'm proud of is the, the um, when I first started woodworking in my early 20s, because I, I got into this because I wanted to make instruments. And, uh, and I made a, a, it's over there, and I made a bass guitar. And I, had, I made like five of them. One of them's on the wall of the shop. One of them's been cut up a million times and using other stuff. One of them got burned, you know. And they all, they're all gone. But I have one that survived, and it wasn't uh, the best. But it's, it's old enough now to be like a vintage instrument, which is really depressing. But, um, and it still works, and it still plays, and it's got some belt rash on it, and, and there's still all the flaws, and everything I did wrong is still present. But the damn thing still works, and I could still go out, and I could still, I could still pay the rent with it. Uh, and I'm really proud of that. That's something that's it's almost 20 years old now. And, uh, and it still works and it, under tension I, it's probably still in tune I haven't even touched it in like every, every like two years I'll pick it up and play it and like hey the damn thing still works and put it back down and uh, well, see, there got the go. same strings on it so I'm proud of that I'm proud of that and I, and I hope that some of these other things that I've made in 20 years I'll be able to go back and see or whatever and, and, and have them still function and work and I'll be proud of well, them well you like know if, if you actually decided to make something for Phil or myself in 20 years we'll let you know how good it is um, you know ha <laughs> I have a, I had this idea for a video that I'm probably going to, I might even post it the day of this podcast, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't even know if I want to talk about it, but uh, I had this idea because, uh, you know, Dave Picciuto just did a Q&A um, and all these guys do these Q&As. And I was like, maybe I should do a Q&A. I'm up to almost 8,000 subscribers and there's a lot of people that that think I live in a teepee out in the woods and, you know, and cleanse myself on <laughs> unicorn spit. So, I, you know, it might be interesting to do a... <laughs> it might be interesting to do a Q&A. And, uh, but I don't want to just do a Q&A where I'm like, okay, ask me questions and I'll pick and choose the ones I answer. So I have this idea for a Q&A and there's a giveaway. There's a giveaway involved and stuff. So I'm going to post that, that video this week. So uh, what does just that have to, to do with you feel getting something you made? Because yeah. if, you, if you win the giveaway, you'll get whatever I made. If I'm competing against Phil, I'm not going to win. That's not fair. That's yeah, well, not you, true. You don't know that because... better you, questions than I do. Uh, well, you, you, you might know me a little better than Phil because uh, I, we're both kind of cut from that same weird cloth. But then again, Phil is too... Yeah, I was going to say the cloth really thing smart. is kind of... We all wear no, that but same the thing clothing. Is, Bill has um, admirer, not strong enough, creepy stalker devotion. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So he ha- definitely has more on the trivia of you. So I and think it is, be a, it will a very get fair trivia, fight. Yeah, it will. It will be a, a thing. What uh, did Tim do on his thirty second birthday at two p.m.? <laughs> Bill's like, well, he had a hamburger uh, where he slipped from his vegetarianism that one time. We won't uh, talk about the drugs he was doing when that happened. TMZ and I were there. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know what, Phil? I, I say to heck I with him. I think Bill's blushing right now. Is that me, or is Bill blushing right now? <laughs> Bill has seen more yes. of my videos I, than I'm I have. I'm just upset because when Tim was 32, I was still like in my 40s. So, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, no. You know what? 
Actually, yesterday was my birthday. Um, yesterday, oh. Sunday, the twenty. And uh, but it's Happy not on birthday. Facebook. I have that blocked. Wow. And tomorrow, I turned smokes. forty-three. I turned forty-three yesterday, and tomorrow, uh, which is the day after, the day before this podcast, the twenty-sixth is Vance's sixth birthday. Oh, um, amazing! So today is the twenty-fifth, and it is what we call the Vance and Daddy Try Day because there's three days, and it's the day that, and it's like our special birthday holiday that Vance came up with the name. By the way, not me. I had something way stupider than that. <laughs> but so Vance came up with the name. It's our try day. So it's like our special mid-birthday day. And unfortunately, so Vance came to the shop with me today. And uh, but unfortunately, he wasn't feeling good, and he's got like a little fever and stuff. So uh. it's kind of a bummer. And he was so upset because it was like our special day. So we're gonna have to make that up. All right, we're but, renaming um, this podcast um, Sway Day. Sway yeah. Day. <laughs> I think it's gonna be called Vance and Daddy Try Day. Vance like and Daddy that. Try Day. Try yeah, Day. Yeah, that's that was Vance's because uh, we came up with it like two years ago and. Uh, and it was his, or maybe, yeah, I guess two years ago, and, and I was like, well, let's talk about, like, three, like, try, like, because there's three days, and so he just came up with try day. I was like, yeah, that works. Well, that, means I think should, was, that means you should try and celebrate all three days. Exactly, exactly, and we should try to, to do things, and so we were, we were going to go to the shop and, and do some work, and then he ended up just not feeling good. I felt so bad for him. No. And, and, uh, so I had to take him home and, and stuff, but uh, so we didn't, get to, we didn't get to try any of the stuff we wanted to try on try day, but... Uh, but well, I, I <laughs> maybe you could do it on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think the initial, the original Friday was a Friday. I think, which is why. That happened. Sorry, that was a horrible dad joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. I I'm mean, guilty of a lot of those. Friday, that's Friday, and it's not really my day. Then I don't know if it's something I would even buy day. But it, a Friday <laughs> that's a try day is actually a buy day. How? Because oh, it's two cause days. It's, Friday it's both Friday, Friday and the try day. Yeah. Oh, I was I thinking because like, most of us get paid on Friday and you go buy stuff. <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> Not even a dad and he's making dad jokes. Bum, bum. I know. Dad jokes are all about bad puns. <laughs> That's yeah. true. So bad. Okay, let's move on to what we're watching. Um, who's going oh. first? Well, listen, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I have to do this because we haven't finished it yet. Hang on, let me get... Um, Last week was our Earth Day episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be quick, I promise. Yeah, right. Uh, so we, uh, we talked about Earth Day, and we expressed interest in what other types of recycling and, and programs existed around the world. We wanted to kind of get some people to write in. I'm trying to compile some data. So please, if you haven't written to us already, please do uh, write to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, or you can uh, tweet us at, at reclaimedaudiopodcast, or you can email no, me. No, just at reclaimedaudio. At reclaimedaudio. Or you can just call Phil. His phone number is what's your phone number? <laughs> oh, or you, I mean, you can email me, Tim at TimSway.net, whatever. Um, but share some information, uh, please, about the recycling programs in your area. Is it good? Is it bad? Do you think it could be better? Do you think it could be worse? Uh, we would love to hear. We've gotten literally uh, messages from people all over the freaking world, uh, all the way in Australia. We've gotten messages from uh, people in the Ukraine, uh, Sweden. Uh, Canada, this, that's another country, I guess. Germany. And, um, uh, yep, it, we've gotten people that have written to us from all these different countries uh, and sort of told us about... Oh, uh, and Nor- North Carolina, too. That That's a weird country, but we have heard from them. Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, I think they seceded. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but so there, we've heard all these like uh, interesting things. I want to get a little more info before I get to too much depth or detail, but like just, the, I mean, the, the complete like polarity of what we're hearing of going on in the world... It's just amazing, and uh, 
and you know I, I'm, I want more so please write to us and tell us what your recycling is like in your town like how bad is it how dismal is it or how awesome is it and give us something to live up to and in, 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 uh, in everything and and I'm gonna try and I'm gonna share more of this information as more of it comes in so please thank you you That's know it. just Sorry. just real quick to continue with it, it it's uh, it's heartening actually because there are some places in the world that aren't as caught up as us and there are other places that are far beyond what we're doing here in the States um, but there's something going on at the very minimum, there's awareness going on. And that's, what's exciting me right now about the whole thing. Yes. And that's sort of the point. Like, uh, like, well, Dimitri just wrote to us today from, from the Ukraine and he talked about how horrible it is there and how nobody cares. And he doesn't even want to go for a walk in the woods because but he cares and he's writing but to he us cares. to talk about it. So, yeah. And, uh, and so it's like, you know, my theory is is if he cares, he's not the only one that cares. And if he is the only one that cares, then he's got a lot more work to do than, than, he, <laughs> than he, he's probably prepared for because we need to make people care. And then, and you know, the um, we talked about precious plastic that Dave Hackens, I hope I pronounced his name right, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and I, he's been, he put up another video this week where he was on this beautiful resort island in like the, you know, the, the Caribbean or I forget where it was. It was somewhere even more beautiful than that. And, and then there's actually a trash island there because there's like all these resort islands. And then there's this one island that just dumped their trash on. And he went around. The, and of course, you take a camera into, a, into a, an active dump. It's going to look horrible, you know. But he was also showing like the on these because the water all this plastic is just washing around the shore he goes out they have crews on these islands that clean the beaches at 5 a.m before the the people go out you know because every morning there's just more plastic so he went out at 5 a.m with his camera just showing all the plastics on this beautiful pristine beach that gets cleaned up before the patrons come out and then the you know the rich people come out and then they clean it again and and it's just like this perpetual thing and and uh, I just, I, I want to, not that, I mean, our, our podcast is a small drop in the bucket, but I want to use this to continue to compile this information and, and uh, spread awareness. Well, it's your, it's your birthday, so we're going to let you go ahead and do that. <laughs> it's my try day. <laughs> it's your try day. Well, you right. just keep trying, pal. <laughs> I am. I'm trying, man. Okay, right. we'll keep on rolling. What is it that you're watching? Okay, well, what is it I'm watching is, uh, speaking of plastic, ha, Segway. Did you see that? Uh, yep. Nav, I, I'm probably butchering the name, his name, but there's a link in the description below. His name is Naveen Kambala, and, and uh, his channel is called Crazy NK. And he is a man who makes really cool objects out of uh, plastic and junk and stuff. He does some, he's all over the map, and he's got some pretty amazing things. But his latest video was he made a little revolving, it's like an oscillating fan. I thought of Matthias. <laughs> and I would love to see Matthias's take on this, actually. He made a, um, uh, an oscillating fan out of a two-liter soda bottle and uh, two little motors and, like, a straw and a pencil and just, like, these, like, random things. And he does his stuff, all the videos I've seen, he does with, like, minimal tools. It's all, um, you know, like, hot glue and scissors and, like, like epoxy. You know, there's not, like, he's not, like, firing up a lathe and a bandsaw and stuff. It's really inspiring and uh, amazing the quality of the things that he makes out of just like trash and very simple small electronics and whatnot wow that sounds really great yeah i'm gonna check that one out for sure it's it's cool man it's like it was a little it's a little different it's like not really in the maker world it's not really in the digital world he's a very successful channel uh a lot of people have caught on to this guy already and i just recently did so good deal really cool what about you bill okay you ready excuse me so I have a couple of shout outs um, that you don't have to do anything about, Phil. Quit rolling your eyes. Um, the first one is uh, Stan Pierce. And I know he's listening. He's a fan of our podcast. And what's really cool about this is that fan, fan, <laughs> Stan heard about us 
um, or me through um, making it. And um, they mentioned my name, and, and for whatever reason, he's now a big fan of ours on our podcast. And I want to say hi to Stan. He actually is fairly close to me. He was in um, Oakland the other day, and he stopped by the salon, and he was able to uh, meet Casey and say hello to her. And she says he's an amazing guy. So Stan Pierce, we, uh, we think you're pretty cool. That was the best. That was better than the one for Jimmy. I'm warming up now. Wow, I like that. Um, and then another guy I want to give a shout out to because I was just watching some of his older videos is, and you may have heard of him. Uh, again, Phil, you don't have to do anything. This guy speaks for himself just by his uh, uh, his, his amazing artistic mind. Uh, Mr. David Welder just blows me away. I, I love David. We watch him and just wow. I know he's playing with Jimmy and they're re- they're going to be uh, releasing their their B Buzz House thing that they built together. But uh, David Welder, love David. So yeah, and, sure. and finally, yeah. who I'm actually I want to leave a link to. He's a he's a, uh, a young maker in the YouTube world. Uh, he's got a few videos out and he's also um, uh, a fan of the podcast from Germany. And his name is Marcus Hoffman, and I believe his channel is called uh, Bug Tech. Uh, um, but anyway, Phil will take care of the, the link part of it. But this young man, makes he's made a few really cool videos about making gear shift knobs. I believe he's going to make one for Tim and his truck. And also, he is sending I us... I'll hold him to that. Well, <laughs> I was supposed to get him a measurement. I never did, but... Well, how hard can Sorry, it be? It's a Chevy truck. I mean, you know, whatever. He's in Germany. They don't have Chevy trucks everywhere in Germany like they do here. I've seen this guy's work, Tim. All he needs yeah, to know, know is, is he can just look at... Skip the at, thread. Yeah, just, he doesn't even need to know that. He just look at your truck and decide what it needs. You just be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. He, he also is sending us a bunch yeah. of stickers, and I just got to say, Marcus, uh, you're amazing, brother, and we appreciate you, and I'm going to be passing those out at Maker Faire. And I know Marcus is going to be making his way, uh, not to Maker Faire, but he is going to be in the area, and I'm going to get to meet him and have coffee with him. Oh, that's and, so cool. Yeah, he's coming, up, he's coming out this way for work, and I, I'm excited about that. And he's just, he, he's just a cool guy. So, so Stan, yeah, he is. Stan Pierce, David Welder, Marcus Hoffman, three more makers that we should all feel lucky to um, have in our community. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of them. Word. Yeah, awesome. Go ahead, um, Phil. Fill in those shoes, pal. Okay. Well, I've got a, I've got one that probably is a little bit off the radar, um, and I only found it because uh, one of my dream projects has been to build myself a desk out of reclaimed, and uh, I've been I always land up searching for that kind of reclaimed DIY desk, that kind of thing. I know somebody I, who made an amazing desk out of all reclaimed materials. Tim's way. Did I? For that lady. You made that corner desk. It was amazing. Oh, the library. Whatever. It's a desk. She sits down and writes on it, right? Yeah, well, that, yeah there's a desk, too. But yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean by creepy stalker? He's, like, referencing videos <laughs> you don't even remember. No, he's seen more of them than I have, I swear. Oh, my God. And then he whispers into the microphone like he's going to murder us later. I have a microphone later. now. Aren't you supposed to do that for effect? No, you're not. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm still, I've got goosebumps from your... No, yes. man. I know that oh I'm on Izzy's side of the country and not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, he's gonna dye his hair orange. Who's seen the movie Single White Female? <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Uh, oh my god. Just be glad you're not hearing. Get out. <laughs> so creeped out right now. He shows up at Vance's school one day. He's like, hey, Vance, come with me. That was me, Lutz. You wear my hat. It's all good. Oh my god. I knew it was going off the rails at some point. I, I thought we almost made it, man. We almost yeah, made we it. almost made it without just breaking uh, down. Okay. So, uh, anyways, okay. So, all right. So, let me just do it quickly. I'm watching this guy. His name is Fire Crow Workshop, and the reason that I'm promoting him is because he made a desk. It was cool, but the coolest part of this video just blew me away. So, when taking apart pallets, I think we've all seen. A couple of ways of doing it. You can either do it with um, Izzy's sort of pry bar, the pallet pal kind of thing, where you just get a big lever and it's easier to do it. Or uh, the way I do it is with a demo saw, you know, with a sawzall, and I just yep. cut away the nails from underneath and I tap them away afterwards. This guy came, I don't know if he came up with it, but he's the first time I've ever seen this. He got a, um, a diamond hole saw and he matched it up with the size of a dowel that he would use. And he basically drills a hole around the nail and then will plug it with a dowel afterwards that he glues in. That is so cool. It's Interesting. Like, my mind was blown. I've been talking about it to people like at work and they're like, uh, I don't Who care cares? about this. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, but guys, it's a diamond hole saw. I mean, it's amazing. It's brilliant. Yeah, so the whole piece is usable and it's got this really cool look. Because you've got like these plugged flush cut dowels that are then sanded down afterwards. It's like a butterfly and, instead of a nail, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. It's and yeah. it, you if if you're using different color woods, it show, has this contrasting like effect on it. And anyway, so it, the one video that I watched a couple of times, but he's got a whole library of things, uh, was this desk, and I just thought it was just genius, like just genius. So you know, look at somebody changes things the way that, the way you do things for the first mm -hmm. time. There, you know, that's a breakthrough. That yeah. was a breakthrough for me, Tim. You know, it just gave me an idea, too. So I'm going to go watch that. I'm going to check the link out. Check him out. Check him out. He's genius. Um, okay. Our channels on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Phil Pinsky, and you can check out this little sitting desk that I built on uh, Instagram if you'd like to. You Tim, are you plugging? You should be proud I, of your desk. <laughs> I am. Thank you. I, I am plugging because I have joined the ranks of the people trying to make a living, or not a living, but trying to make money on YouTube and whatnot. So go, please, like and subscribe my YouTube channel. <laughs> good. Good for you. How was that? Was that good? Did it that sound was great. Sincere? That was good. Yeah. yeah. You should yeah, feel yeah, proud of yourself for that. Oh, hey, I, hey, I, before, I, before we go, check it out real quick. Um, we're having, and I'm not going to say, I'm going to give a little bit of a hint about somebody that's going to be joining us soon. And I don't want to say this person's name, but I do want to say that there's, there's a thing about this guy and, and the way he makes things in his video, it's like there's a thing. If you had a thing to do something with a thing, you could make that thing into something amazing. And by having a thing being a part of a thing, which would be our podcast. So if, if this guy who does a thing well enough to be a part of our podcast, I hope everybody tunes in to listen because... It's going to be a thing worth listening to. That's all I'm saying. If anybody guesses this guy based off that description, genius. I will send them a, a reclaimed audio button. Genius that or as insane. <laughs> I don't even know who it is, and I know who yeah. the person is. Yeah. It's starting to make me doubt who the person is. I know. I'm wondering if Bill knows who the person oh. is. 
<laughs> you know what? The person knows who he is, and he's, he's laughing. When he listens to this, he's laughing. He knows. Okay, good. All right. He uses yeah, the word thing more than I use the word utilize. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, next. We are, actually, we already talked. Oh, we did our three, right? Bill, Bill has to do his, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, Bill, no, no, plug you did, yourself. Yeah, plug yourself. Oh, well, okay. So, William Lutz on YouTube. Go plug yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Not Casey this time. Uh, yeah, okay. So, I'm going to try and plug myself. Um, uh, even that hurt a little bit, but um, I feel better now. Um, so, William Lutz on YouTube. I'm William Lutz on Facebook. Uh, William underscore on Lutz on Instagram, I believe. And I have no idea what I twit. I, I have a twit. I twat it, <laughs> but I don't know what the twations are. So find me. You can find me. I'm going to be making a video one of these days soon. So I'm back. I'm back, boys. I'm back. Love you guys. Welcome back. In black. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, so contact us for show topics, suggestions, comments. You can email us, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Just a tweet at reclaimedaudio. Um, on iTunes, please re- leave us reviews. Uh, any country that you like that you're from, please leave us reviews on iTunes. I do read them, and we will respond to them. So far, they've just basically been like really complimentary, so there's not much to say about that. But we do very much appreciate them because they're super important in getting other people to listen to our podcast. Um, for Patreon, I want to thank, we got, um, we got about four or five new, uh, patrons over the last week or so, and that's been really, really great. And we want to thank all of you. Hey, can I join in on that, Phil? Um, uh, thank you everybody for the Patreon support and it really is super cool. And, and the more that you guys, I don't mind being a, 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 a proponent of this. So help us out on Patreon if you can, or at least spread the word, let everybody else know it's, it's super important and it's great. And it ensures that we're going to be here each and every week. And this is a huge part of my life, spending time with Tim and Phil and Maddie in the background and, and Bill, Bill, I have a job for you. Um, you need to mail every one of our Patreon supporters a sticker this mm. week. Okay, Tim, I have a job for you. Send me a, a mailing address list. I have that. I'll send that to you. Yeah, it's on our Patreon page. Phil can send it, yeah. Patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. Thanks very much, guys. Have a great week. Be good.